Lord, thank you so much for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for your spirit that um, with all of these things combined, Lord, you teach us. And Lord, I pray that you will come and that you will teach us today. I bind uh, every evil assignment, every principality and power from this place that would try to uh, steal the word from us and to steal the blessing and steal the ability for us to be transformed into your image. And uh, Lord, instead, I release the spirit of God and the anointing and the, the full sevenfold anointing of the spirit of God to come and to grace us with your presence, to teach us, give us a spirit of understanding and of wisdom to be able to hear from you, Lord. And, and I, I pray not just to hear, Lord, we want knowledge of you, that's great, but Lord, give us the ability to, to uh, change who we are, to change our hearts, our minds, and our actions to, be, to look more like you. In Jesus' name, amen. There is a, a man that probably many of you all uh, would recognize his name. Um, he's been uh, in ministry for, I believe, about 50 years, I think this year. Name's Arthur Blessed. Anybody recognize Arthur Blessed? Um, Arthur Blessed has carried a cross literally around the world. I've got a few statistics. Let me just give you. He, he first made and carried a cross in 1968 in Hollywood, California. I'm sorry, this is his 54th year. The cross is, um, he, it, it's kind of morphed a little bit in design. I think the first one is about 110 pounds. But um, he has to carry it on a plane a lot of times, so he's had to make this cross um, movable and, and come apart. But it's a, it's a 12-foot cross. It, it breaks down into six feet. Um, it's uh, made out of four-by-fours, and it has a, a wheel on the back um, so that he can, can actually wheel this cross all over the world. Um, weighs about 45 pounds. Um, he's carried this cross literally... Uh, on foot, um, over 43,340 miles. Uh, it's been taken by boat, an estimated 20,000 miles. Um, by air, uh, an estimated 2,330,000 mi miles. Um, he's been on every continent, including um, Antarctica, every country in the world, uh, which is, uh, what, 324 countries. Um, the longest, uh, uh, he's, he's walked 72, for, for you guys who like to hike, um, he's walked 72 miles in a day with help and um, uh, in a 24-hour period and 47 miles by, um, in a day by himself, all, by, all carrying this cross. Um, he's been arrested and put in jail uh, 24 times. He said the country most, um, uh, most apt to arrest and put him in jail is the United States. And the city most uh, to be arrested in is Hollywood. Um, and I've got lots of statistics here you can look up on his website if you want to. Um, number of people prayed for or blessed or saved at the cross because he, he goes through and he preaches as he, um, as he goes through all these countries. Um, he's been through North Korea. He's been from on... Africa, from the west to the east coast. He's gone from um, uh, Mexico all the way down through South America. Um, he has uh, ministered to said many millions 
of people. He said, but God only knows. Um, here's a few memorable scares. Uh, firing squad in Nicaragua, stoning and beating in Morocco, civil guardia attack in Spain, choking, LAPD choking in Hollywood, pistol attack in Orlando. Uh, he's got, in quotes, to burn the cross, bird's eye Indiana. A man broke the cross in Nigeria. War in Lebanon, crossing a minefield. Uh, Belfast, Northern, and um, Belfast, Northern Ireland, there was a bomb. And uh, what's, you know, what's really convicting is this, he, he, um, this is a quote, he says, the cross has been turned away, uh, being left overnight at more than half the churches where, where he was requested, but has never been turned away from spending the night at a bar or nightclub in 51 years around the world. Arthur Blessed is an evangelist. I actually heard him one time at a church I grew up in and I remember him coming, and, and, and as he was talking, he said he, he, it really sounded like he, he never, he tried never to miss an opportunity. You know, um, especially before cell phones, uh, you know, you'd sit down at dinner at night and your phone would ring, and you'd go, I know who that is. And you'd, you'd pick up the phone, and, and it was a telemarketer, right? Hi, Mr. Duck. Uh, how are you tonight? And like going, I can't. I'm great. Thank you. Goodbye. Right? Um, <laughs> Arthur Blessed said he, he, he would not miss an opportunity. He would, um, he would just let them talk. And he'd kind of look at the time and go, hey, thank you very much. You know, you, you've taken seven minutes of my time. Now, let me give you my spiel. And he'd give them, and he'd give them the gospel. So, okay, you know, thank you very much for sharing your thing. Here, now I'm going to share mine with you. Uh, you know, somebody called him and just had the wrong number. He said, wait, 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 wait. No, it wasn't a wrong number. God, God sent you my direction. And here, let me talk to you now about, about the Lord. And he would, he'd minister every opportunity he would get, he would use that opportunity to share the gospel. Again, an evangelist, an evangelist. Now, you don't find a lot of evangelists around. We need more. But in, in Timothy, this is Second uh, Timothy 5.4. I believe, um, I'm not going to turn there, but uh, Timothy is, you know, Paul's, if, if you will, his, his, his apostolic son. He's raising him up and really Timothy is starting to be an um, apostolic overseer as Paul is getting older in life. And he tells Timothy, he said, to do the work of an evangelist. And I had a, a pastor just the other day call me and said, you know, he said, I don't have the gift of evangelism. But what, what this tells me is Timothy probably didn't either. If, if Paul's having to tell him to do the work of an evangelist, he probably didn't have it. But that's encouraging. It means we, we all need to do the work of an evangelist. Even if you're not an evangelist, it may not come easy to you, but we need to do the work of an evangelist. Let me be a little bit candid and honest. That's not my gift. Evangelism is, is, is not my gift. You know, I, I would love to get up and preach in front of 5,000 people. Give me an auditorium. I, I am fine. Get, put me up on stage. That's great. It's time. You tell me, go across the street and share the gospel with somebody. I have no idea who it is. Just go up and start talking to them. And it'll scare me. I don't know about you. It's not my gift. But I'm not 
I'm not excluded. I need to do the work of an evangelist. And we all do. Amen. So let's, ta let's talk about um, a, an evangelist and who, can you all see this? Am I in, a good, in an okay place? Um, so uh, last week, I, I mentioned that what's happened is in, in, the, in the first century, in biblical times, we, we talked about the apostle was kind, he, that was the only office when Jesus, um, when Jesus called them, right? Am I right? He called the 12 apostles. And out of those, they, they raised up the prophet, and they raised up the evangelist, and they raised up the pastor teacher, right? And then in the last 50 years or so, it's kind of gone the other direction, and God's restoring now from the apostolic. All right, we're going to talk more about that, but I want you to hold that in your, in your mind. I'm going to leave this up here. But what is an evangelist? Um, first of all, it, it's used only three times in the New Testament. Um, it's used uh, in Acts 21, where, um, where Philip is called an evangelist. It's used in this passage that we've been looking at um, for the last several weeks in Ephesians 4. And it's used in the passage in 2 Timothy that I just mentioned where Paul tells Timothy to do the work of an evangelist. So we don't, we don't have a lot of stuff to work with here. It's not like, you know, um, one of the letters says, here's what an evangelist is, you know, and, and gives you a list, kind of like he does with elder or, you know, Paul gives a list. If you want to be an elder, here's what you need to be. Evangelist, we don't really have that. But it comes from a word that we, that we do have, okay? Um, the word... Uh, for gospel, by the way, gospel is from Old English, right, Karis? Uh, meaning, anybody know? Good news, right? Right, we, you've heard of gospel. Um, now, in the Greek, let's see if I can spell this. I have a hard time going from Greek to English. Um, all right, that's a U. Okay, can you see that? U. So, what what does this what does this look like? Angel, right? Which is that's what it is. That's um, it's actually. Yep. For, for this purpose, we're going to say message, but messenger, an angel, a messenger is, is, is the same word. And what about you? We have, we, you know, we have this in English. Maybe you all can help me with words. What words begin with you in English? Yep, EU. We have, we can, oh, I'm running out of space here. Eucharist, that's good. Um, that's more of a kind of a combined. Let me just put that. How do you spell that in English? Okay, Eucharist. Um, how about uh, euphemism? Right. Ph. How about? Um, Eulogy. 
All right. How about this? For you C.S. Lewis fans, Eustace. All right. You have Euphony. Eugenics. Euphoria. I've seen that one. All right. Um, Euphoria, it's a a good, um, it's basically kind of a good standing. It's a a health term, right? We we have a good feeling. Eulogy comes from the Greek. EU is good. Once again, logos, a good word, right? Euphony is, uh, you know, you have... Uh, what what did, what do you used to you used to play records on? Phonograph, right? So euphony is a good sound, right? Eugenics, good genes, not these kind of genes. <laughs> Eustace, uh oh, what's Eustace? A good boy. It is. It's actually. It's actually good grapes, which, which they, 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 use for, they use for good produce, good, a good harvest, okay? Uh, Eucharist. I wasn't planning on Eucharist. Um, uh, see, Charis is grace, so it's good grace, I believe. It's actually Thanksgiving. Um, a euphemism. A, I didn't look euphemism up. I tried to get all the one I could think of. Um, actually, good. Thank you. I, that's another one. Um, uh, thanos in, in Greek is death. So uh, a euthanized is good death. Right? So what would this be? You, a good, the good message. Good message. Right? And so an evangelist, the, what happens is when you do the, the, the V and the U kind of um, are interchangeable, all right? So it's a good messenger or the, me- a, 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 the one who carries the good message. And the idea is, in fact, let me, um, let me just flip there real quickly. Uh, Isaiah 52 There's a song that, that goes with this too. Isaiah 52, uh, verse 7. Paul quotes this in Romans 10. It says, How lovely on the mountains are the feet of him who brings. Remember the song? Who remembers the song? Remember the song? Okay, good. Thank you. I'm not. I'm starting to feel old. Um, we we had a we had a pastor. We had a, we had a pastor. He would he would come out with the weirdest like hymns and songs and stuff. And, and he go, "You guys remember this?" He'd start singing. Everybody's going, "No, I have no clue what you're talking about." And I'm starting to go, "I'm doing the same thing." <laughs> How lovely are um, on the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who announces peace who brings good news of happiness, who announces salvation and says to Zion, 
Your God reigns. Listen, your watchmen lift up their voices. They shout joyfully together, for they will see with their own eyes when the Lord restores Zion. Break forth, shout joyfully together, you waste places of Jerusalem, for the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm, which um, the idea there is uh, somebody who's fighting would, would, would take off their armor or their, um, their sleeve or something on one arm so they had um, more freedom of movement. The Lord has bared his holy arm in the sight of the nations that all the ends of the earth may see the salvation of our God. The, the idea there is um, a lot of times for like a battle or even maybe a, the birth of a king or, or something along those lines, a messenger would run and that messenger would be carrying the good news. They'd be carrying the good news. And what, is, what does it say the good news is here? The, the quotation is that our God reigns. Our God reigns. So what I want to do a little bit today in the few minutes that we have is I want to talk about the gospel because that's what an evangelist is, is one who carries the gospel, one who carries the good news, one who is, is running to, to take the good news. And again, there are, there are some people who have the gift and it's easy for I. I know um, we were at the, the, the gala a couple weeks ago for uh, uh, Faith to Faith. Tom Miroshiro, did I get it? Praise God. Um, and I remember one of the guys uh, talking, talking about it, and he said, you know, when, when Tom got saved in, in high school, he said, if you were within 10 feet of him, you had a 100% chance of hearing the gospel. Okay? That's an evangelist. If you get it, somebody you know that with, if you're within, you're going to get it. You're going to get. You're going to get Jesus, one way or the other. Most of us aren't like that. Praise God for those who are, and Lord, bring them here, please. You know, but we all need to do the work of an evangelist anyway. So we need to know what the gospel is. So I want to give a little bit of what the gospel is because what this says is the the messenger carrying the gospel carries. It announces that our God reigns. Now, when Jesus came uh, in Matthew 4, it says that he began, this is after you know, Jesus um, was baptized by John. He went into the wilderness, right? In fact, let me just flip, if you want to flip over there, Matthew 4. Jesus is baptized, he gets, goes in the wilderness, gets tempted, comes out in the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, verse 23 says, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the, what? The good news, the gospel of the kingdom, healing every kind of disease, every kind of sickness among the people. So Jesus is teaching, he's preaching the gospel, the good news of the Kingdom. Now, somebody, somebody tell me, what, what, what's the gospel? Can somebody sum it up in like two sentences? Okay. Good job. 
and I, I, I kind of set you up a little bit. No, that's good. That's good. But it's very, very good. But I'm going to give you partial credit. Okay? And that's, that, no, that's definitely it. But think about it. When Jesus was giving the gospel of the kingdom, his disciples had no idea he was going to die. Am I right? Because up until, the, up until right before he went to Jerusalem and got betrayed, they were, they were going, oh, no, uh-uh. He starts telling him towards the end of his life, hey, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to be betrayed into the hands of sinners, and they're going to kill me. And remember, Peter says, uh, no, you don't, Lord. There's no way. No, uh-uh. That's not going to happen. And Jesus says, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> right? Right after Peter had, had made the great declaration, you know, within a chapter, he's saying, no, you don't. And, and, but if Jesus had gone through his entire ministry, think about it. His entire ministry, if he said, look, I came to die. I came to die. I came to die. His disciples wouldn't have been shocked. Right? Think about it. Now, it's there, if you, can, if you look back on it, you can follow it and get little traces here and there where he, he said, you must take up your cross daily and follow me. Remember, that's way before he ever got to the cross. So you can find little places. But the bulk of it, he's preaching the kingdom. He is healing the sick and raising the dead. He is, is cleansing people. He's casting out demons. And he's, he's saying the kingdom of God has come near to you. Right? That is, um, let me get this quote out. Thank you. Thank you, Shannon. I really appreciate that. Because I feel rushed sometimes. Thank you. Um, I, I can give you, this is, uh, um, I can give you the, the, the text if you want to, but here's a quote um, out of, um, uh, a book by Bromley. It says, The good news proclaimed to the poor is the gospel of the kingdom of God. The announcement of that realm in which the great reversal of all injustice and oppression would become a reality. Okay? So that, then this is the idea. First of all, what the Jews were believing is that, G, that this Messiah would come and would set up the new Davidic kingdom and that Everything that's wrong is going to be made right. And Jesus came in announcing that. Now, the, their idea of the Messiah was twisted a bit, right? They thought he was going to be just a new, an, another political king like David who would sit on a throne in Jerusalem where, where Jesus said, no, 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 my throne isn't here. My kingdom's not of the world. My throne's in heaven. And I'm going to go, but... But the kingdom has earth, it's a heavenly kingdom with earthly results. So he's preaching the kingdom. And what does he do as he's preaching the kingdom? He heals the sick. Here's the kingdom of God. Let me show you. He heals the sick. Here's the kingdom of God. Let me cast out demons. Here's the kingdom of God. Let me raise the dead. As a, a representation showing what the kingdom is. So, let me erase this real quick.
Tim, you're total, you're you're totally right. In that, um, if you look in if you look in Romans one and you look in First First uh, Corinthians fifteen, so Romans one uh, verses about one through three, First Corinthians fifteen, uh, verse is like four or five and following. It gives the gospel, and what it and what it shows is, is that Jesus was promised uh, by by beforehand by the prophets. He came and was, was born um, from the Virgin Mary. He uh, lived a sinless life. He died, and he um, he made a way for us to uh, get to heaven. Right? That's the gospel in a nutshell. But I, that's that's only that's only about half of it, I believe. And I believe what's happened is is when we've gone this way, we've lost the charisma. Remember I mentioned charisma last week. When, when Jesus sends out the 12, he send, he sends them out proclaiming the kingdom of God. Right? You remember that from last week, Matthew 10. I believe that's what it was. was. Um, and so we have to, we have, when, we pro, when we're giving the gospel, it is... Absolutely, Jesus came and he died, but there is a purpose behind that. Um, you probably still don't have your finger there because I jumped. But Isaiah 52, uh, again, as you, as you go through, in verse 11 says, Depart, depart, go out from there, touch nothing unclean, for we're a holy people. Go out of the midst of her, purify yourselves, you who carry the vessels of the Lord. But you will not go out in haste. Nor, um, let's see, verse 13. Behold my servant. Who's my servant? Jesus. Thank you. We, we, tell, we tell the girls when you ask a question, who is this? There's uh, about three answers. It's either Jesus um, or uh, Shakespeare or <laughs> what was the third one? I think it's basically it. It's either Jesus or Shakespeare. Who said this? Jesus or Shakespeare, you got a, you got a pretty good shot. Who's my servant? Jesus. My servant will prosper. He will be high and lifted up and greatly exalted. Just as many were astonished as, as you, my people, so his appearance was marred more than any man. His form more than the sons of men. You see, there's, there's the, there's that. We've got our God reigns, right? First in verse um, uh, seven. And then you've, got the, then you've got the other part, which is he was crucified. He was beaten. He, w- he was marred more than any other man. Uh, and then verse 15, he will sprinkle what? What, what, what is he going to sprinkle, though? Many nations. He will sprinkle many nations. Kings will shut their mouths on account of him. For what had not been told them they will see, and what they had not heard, they will understand. So what, what we've missed a lot, I believe, with the current, um, the, the current outlook of the gospel is we've missed the purpose. Yes, it is getting people saved, but you know what? What the purpose that Jesus has is nations. How, how do we get nations saved? Well, you get a lot of people saved in the nations, but his, his purpose is to baptize the nations. Isn't that what Matthew 28 says? Think, think about it. Um, go, therefore, disciple all the... Wait a second. Disciple all the... Make disciples of all the nations? 
we don't think big enough. And that's what, see, that's what, you know, Jesus is picking up out of Isaiah 52. Many nations. His, his, the purpose is to, to see the kingdom of God come and um, fill the earth. Let me give a few statistics, and I, I want to try to bring this a little bit more into the practical, okay? Um, when you uh, when you look at these are some statistics from Barna. Um, one of the big uh, groups, if you will, now that w what they're seeing are. Uh, a lot of times they'll, they'll call them the nuns. They, um, N-O-N-E, nuns, not N-U-N, N-O-N-E-S. They, they are uh, spiritual but not religious uh, is what one of the big um, things of this generation. They're spiritual but not, not religious. Um, these are Barna statistics on evangelicals. All right? These are not statistics of the world, but this, these particular ones are evangelicals. 17% of Christians who consider their faith important and attend church regularly actually have a, um, only 17% actually have a biblical worldview. 61% agree with ideas rooted in new spirituality. 54% resonate with postmodernist views. 36% accept ideas associated with Marxism. 29% believe ideas based on secularism. Um, and he's found that only about 7% of those who call themselves Christians, and we're, we're not talking about just everyone who says I'm an American, therefore I'm a Christian, people who consider their faith important to them, only 7% in the United States uh, would actually be considered evangelical Bible-believing Christians. Okay, so we're, we're, we're dealing with an uphill battle, okay? But what we need to, what we need to do is, is really realize, there, there's a book, um, if you want, um, there's, it's called Me, an Evangelist, question, and he gives a great, um, great picture. He said, you know, what happens when in people's lives is that they have gods that they have set up. You can, you can think what they are. Relationship is a God. Money or job is a God. Um, uh, maybe it is a, you know, some things are, that are good, but people make them into a God. Um, the, I've got this job. It is my perfect job. I, I'm, I'm giving everything to my job. Or I've got this perfect uh, relationship. I'm giving everything to this relationship. I've got, uh, you know, this idol, sports idol, or, or what have you. Or, or maybe it is a, um, maybe it's a hobby that, you know, everything revolves around this hobby, and, and, and it could be good. But when you put that in, all everything into that, and that is where every, all of your life goes into, when that breaks, then your life's empty. This job that you've given your life to, and all of a sudden, the, your boss comes in and says, sorry, we're making cuts, you're gone. Pack up and go. What do you do? Because this job's been your God. What happens when um, th that your your job your your idol is your is your spouse, and all of a sudden 
there's, there's a divorce or your spouse passes away and all of a sudden there, you, there's no more spouse. What do you do? What happens if, if um, you, you uh, have this hobby? You know, I, I like to play golf, all right? You're out there on the golf course. I, I worked at a golf course when I was a kid. We had some, some guys, some of the older guys out there. They were there every single day, every day. They were, they were out there. We would just, we'd just put their clubs out there for them and, and uh, on, a, on a cart just ready to go because we knew as long as, it wasn't, as long as it wasn't howling rain, they'd be on the golf course. Didn't matter what, how cold, didn't matter what does, they're there. But what happens when all of a sudden uh, you have an injury and you can't play anymore? You can't do that hobby anymore. You've lost that God. And what, what this guy said, at those points, people are open. When, when that God breaks, then they are open for the God to be inserted. And we need to be God carriers, right? The, and that we are looking for those opportunities. When that God breaks in someone else's life, then they're open. And we've built a relationship enough, uh, hopefully, and if not, you know, we can see it anyway, that it breaks and you, you can go and say, look, I know you're hurting, or I know you're empty, or I know you're broken, or I know you need this. Let me show you how my God can take care of that for you. Isn't that what Jesus did? He went around, preached the kingdom of God, and he, he healed the sick. Preached the kingdom of God, he, he cleansed the leper. He preached the kingdom of God, and he would uh, cast out demons. Right? He met people at the point of their need and then supplied the need for them. You all are hungry? Here. Who's got a lunch? He met the need. And he said, this is how I'm going to meet your need. In insert God into their life. The God. When their false God fails, the God can be inserted. And you can show them exactly at the point that, that where they need Jesus. Okay, and we all need to do that. And we need to do that. What, what you insert is, is number one, um, God can take care of the situation for you. Let me show you how. Insert the ABCs. I like that, Tim. You know, it's Jesus. Okay, and this is how Jesus can take away your sin. This is how he can forgive you. And this is how you can have a relationship with God through Jesus, right? Ultimately, he reigns. He is hope for the poor. Why? Because there's justice. When you submit to him, there's justice. There, he's hope for the sick because he's a healer. He's hope for the nation because he can fix it. And only he can, praise God. <laughs> right? So what do we need to do in order for us, I, I believe, just a, a, few, a few quick things, how we can really start to enter into this. It, part of it's a mindset. I'm hoping that, and we're, we're not, we're just scratching the surface here. Okay, but part of it's a mindset that we need to, realize that it's, a, it's our job too, okay? And realize, I, look, you guys, you guys know this stuff. I don't have to get into a lot of the detail. You know who Jesus is. You know that he died. You know that he was raised from the, uh, from the dead on the third day. You know, you know that he sits at the right hand of God, right? I don't have to get into a lot of the, the detail with that. But I believe we do need to change our mindset. And number one, we need to pray. Okay, and here's what we, I believe we need to pray for. Um, so people don't come unless they're drawn, right? 
Let's pray the Lord would draw people to him. That he would convict people of sin. That he would, by his Holy Spirit, that he would um, begin to work on their lives and, and work in their heart. That he would give them ears to hear and eyes to see. That he would take the stoppers out of their ears and, and remove the blinders from their eyes. Um, so that they, they realize that they have sin. A, pa- a pastor of... Um, pastor of mine years ago, he'd, he'd say, you know, someone can't get saved unless they, they first know they've been lost. You got to get lost first before you can get saved. Right? It's very true. If somebody doesn't know they're lost, there's no reason, there's no reason for them to get saved. So we need the Lord to show them they're lost. So let's pray that the Lord would show people they're lost. And that he would bring them across our path. Then, number two, we need to be intentional. You know, the, the Lord, um, in First uh, uh, John, it says that if you pray, asking anything according to the Lord's will, that he will hear and he will answer the prayer. Right? Am I correct in that? Do you think asking that the Lord would bring people to him is according to his will? That he would convict them of sin and that he would bring them across someone's path in order to share? You think, you think that's... Okay, let's get ready for him to answer the prayers, which means we need to be intentional. That's number two. Be intentional. Okay? Which means when, <coughs> when we're out, <coughs> excuse me, doing whatever it is that, we're, that we do normally, okay, whether it's going to school, going to work, um, you're, you're out at the grocery store, you're, you're with people in your, where you live, you're, you're doing the things that you normally, you, know, you have neighbors, you have, you have people that you see on a regular basis. Let's believe that God is going to answer that prayer for us. And let's look for the answer. That's what I'm meaning by being intentional. Look for the answer. Okay, Lord, I've been praying that you would bring people along my path and I could share the gospel with. Then when you go out of your, of your room, you're looking. Is she it? Maybe that's the guy. Where, where, where's that answer to prayer? Because I know the Lord's going to answer my prayer. I know, I know he's going to. Where is that answer? Is, is it the person who's checking you out at the grocery store? Maybe that's the answer if, if we're always looking, we're, we're praying and we're always looking for that answer, maybe it's that person at work. Maybe I've got, uh, maybe I've got a little bit something to share with that person. And I can't, I mean, I can't even go into all the detail, but I can just insert a little bit and say, you know what, I've been praying for you today. Right? Need to be, in, be intentional. And then as I said, we need to insert the gospel where there is brokenness. Insert the gospel where there's brokenness. And one thing that we need to do is that, that something that I found is, is helpful is if you will examine your own life and see what God has done in you. And it shouldn't take, it's not, shouldn't take long for you to go, hmm, I was in this spot and God brought me to this spot. I was sick and God helped me to be well. I was broken and God healed me. I was empty and God filled me. I was I was poor and God helped me through it. I you know I was destitute. I was homeless. I was you know what, whatever those things may be and, and you know what they are for you. 
Think about those things. What has God done in your life? Boy, I was hurt. That's, and you know what? That's great. Because the more things that God has done for you, the more things that you have to share with somebody else. Okay? Because because somebody can come with so many different things. If God's done so much for you, they can come and say, you, you know what? I was broken in this way. I am broken in this way. And you can say, I was too. But look what God did. I went through this sickness. You know what? I've been there. And my God helped me through it. I'm jobless. I, I'm destitute. I, I have no money. I've been there. God helped me through it. Let me show you how. See what I'm saying? So take a look at what God has done in your own life. Examine those things. It's a good time to just think about it and be thankful. Right? It's always good to think, you know what, the Lord's done so much. Let me, let me be thankful. Let me thank Him for all this. this. See what He's done. And realize those things right there, God's brought you through those for a purpose. And that purpose is so that you can insert those into someone else's life that are hurting in the same way. Now, that's a cool thought. Please hold on to that. God's brought you through all of these different things in your life so that you can insert those into someone else's life and they can see how to get to the Lord through you. So if you ever wonder, why did God, why, why, did, I have to, why did I have to go through this? Somebody else. So you can put that in, and they can see God through you. All right, so let's pray. Let's be intentional. Realize that God's going to answer those prayers. Look for them to be answered, right? And then number three, how we can be really practical is, is see what God's done in your own life and be ready. Be ready for God to bring somebody else right in front of your face that's going through the same issues. And when they do, you're going to know. And you're going to say, okay, that's it. This is how God helped me through that. And you're going to be able to give the gospel, which the gospel is, is the good news. Number one, that Jesus is king, Right? Our God reigns, and he's come. Number two, it's also the salvation that Jesus offers through his body and his blood. Right? It's both of those. And I'm not going to say one's more important than the other. It's both. It's both and. It's not either or. It's both and. And when we do that, I believe that God's going to change the world. Amen? So let me, let me pray. Let me bless you guys. And specifically... Uh, just join with me in prayer. I'm, I want to pray once again that the Lord will use us to evangelize. Lord, I thank you so much that it's your heart for people to come to know you. Your word that is absolutely true says that you don't want anyone to perish, but you want all to come to eternal life. So Lord, we, that's what we're praying for. We are praying that all of these people that are perishing, they're in front of our face every day, whether it's people on the street or people at work or people at school or people um, 
uh, at the grocery store or people that we just bump into randomly, people who are on uh, that, that are family and friends. Lord, you don't want them to perish and neither do we. Lord, I'm asking, we're all asking this morning that you will work on their heart, that you will cause circumstances to happen in their life that they realize they need a Savior. Break their hearts, Lord. Convict them of sin. Whatever it is you need to do in order to make them realize that they need you, Lord, we ask that you would do it. Lord, we ask also that you would uh, take the blinders off of their eyes and, and out of the stoppers out of their ears so that they can hear and they can see that, that when, it's, when the gospel is presented, they will be ready to hear. And Lord, I ask that you'd use us. Use anyone, Lord, but, but Lord, we're coming to you today saying, use us. You ask if there was anybody to stand in the gap, and I, I, Isaiah said, Lord, send me. Lord, we're saying, here I am. Here we are, Lord, send us. We may not have the gift of of being an evangelist, but Lord, we want to be used as as we want to be we, we want to do the work of an evangelist anyway. Send us. Send people to us. Lord daily. And Lord, I pray that you'll make us ready. You'll make us ready with with the words in our mouth to be able to, to give the gospel to those who need it, to be able to tell them what you have brought us through. Lord, I pray that you'll work on everybody's heart this morning, that, that in, their, in their heart and their life that you would begin to bubble up all those things, even the things that we, that we didn't realize that you have done in our lives. I pray, Lord, that you'll bring, begin to bring those to our mind, to our heart, that, that they will come up and you'll, you'll start to reveal those things to us. And Lord, bring people our way that, that we can just insert that into their lives and say, this is how God has been good to me. Lord, show us those things and bring the people, bring the people with those hurts, those needs, those, those specific things that, that you've done through in our lives. Bring those people to us. Lord, please open our eyes to be able to see it. When you bring somebody our way, please, please don't let us just pass them by. Please don't let us just look the other way. Lord, break our hearts for the lost. If you will, Lord, let us have a divine revelation of hell. To know how real it is. Break our hearts for those who don't know you. Give us a love for them. A passion to see them come to know you. Let 
just love them as you do. And be as passionate about seeing them come to know you as you are. Lord, I, I just bless each person here, their families, Lord, as, as I always, Lord, I, I bless them with the, the apostolic seal, the covering, Lord, that we would go out and be protected on every side. And Lord, I, I, I also, I impart power, Lord, the authority and the power that, that you have given, Lord, I impart right now. That we're, that we're not going to go out sharing the gospel without power, but we are going out with the, the power of the gospel. The power to, to heal the sick, the power to raise the dead, the power over every demon of hell. We'll give you all the glory and praise. In Jesus' name, amen.